Yo, 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 what is good, everyone? Welcome back to yet again another podcast. Man, it's a gloomy Thursday afternoon, 1.15 to be exact. And you know, I'm, I'm pulling out another podcast for y'all. We got NBA talk because the NBA starts back up tonight. I'm going to talk about the two games that are tonight. I'm going to talk about who I think is the MVP, Rookie of the Year, and Coach of the Year. Because they are taking those awards and giving them to players before the bubble. So whatever happens in the bubble really doesn't matter for the awards. It's what happened before the bubble. We'll go into the awards. Also, we're talking MLB. Big MLB news, man. MLB is in some hot waters with COVID, especially the Miami Marlins to be exact. Then we're moving into the NFL. We'll talk about some players, big name players opting out of the season. And then to finish it off, we're going to talk some college football. The ACC has announced what they are doing for the football season. But let's get right into it with the NBA. Tonight, the first game is the Jazz versus the Pelicans. And I said two weeks ago, Zion had left the bubble and I thought Zion wasn't going to be able to play. Well, Zion is ending up going to be able to play tonight. Uh, I think it's going to be a huge help for the Pelicans. And I do believe the Pelicans will beat the Jazz tonight. Zion... Has uh, Zion is Zion. Lonzo Balls looked really well uh, in the bubble. His his form has got really good. I like his form. And I think the role players are going to step up for the Pelicans. The Jazz, I don't know, man. I still think, I don't know what's up with the Jazz. You don't know what's going to happen. Because remember, they're the ones that really shut down the NBA with Rudy Gobert. Testing positive, then Donovan Mitchell. So we'll see how it goes. I'm just excited for basketball to officially be back underway tonight. I do believe the Pelicans will take the first game. And then in the second game, you have the Clippers versus the Lakers. And a big a big name is out because he went and got some wings. Lou Williams won't be able to play. Uh, he broke the quarantine bubble rules, and so he is not able to play tonight. I still believe the Clippers win this game. I do believe the Clippers win this game still. I still believe in Kawhi, Paul George... Those role players for the Clippers over the role players for the Lakers. Uh, I don't think J.R. Smith is going to be as fluid and efficient. Uh, you can also talk about Ingram. I mean, there, the list goes on. I And Caruso. I just believe the Clippers, even without Lou Williams, still have a better role and setup be, behind their all-star players than the Lakers do. So I've got the Pelicans and the Clippers winning in the two games tonight. Now let's move on to who I believe wins the MVP of the NBA. And I think some people are going to be like, what? Wow. But listen, as much as you could give LeBron the MVP every year, and LeBron is doing well. I mean, he's averaging 25.7, so 26 points, 7.9 rebounds, which pretty much is 8 rebounds. And 10.6 assists. So 11 assists. He's almost averaging a triple-double. But I still believe Giannis Antetokounmpo, the Greek freak, who is averaging 29.6, so 30 points, 13.7 rebounds, so 14 rebounds, and 5.8, which is 6 assists a game, is still the MVP of the league. Not just because of the numbers, because the numbers honestly are really close. Honestly, LeBron's 
closer to a triple double than Giannis is. But LeBron has better, as I was saying about the Clippers having a better supporting cast. The Lakers have a better supporting cast around LeBron than the Bucks do around Giannis, and Giannis is making it work. And the Bucks have the best record in the NBA, so that also helps. I think the Bucks are gonna be destined for a big run into in the start of the bubble into the playoffs. They're going to make a huge run in the playoffs, make it to the finals, and we'll see what happens in the finals when I talk about the finals in a couple minutes. But yeah, I do think the Greek freak Giannis Antetokounmpo is the MVP of the league due to the fact he is making the Bucks a better team. With LeBron, he's making that team better, but you can take LeBron out and you still you still could get the Lakers into the playoffs probably as a top five team in the West. You take Giannis out of the Bucks, I think they may make the playoffs. They may make the playoffs. So that's why I give the edge to Giannis Antetokounmpo. Let's move on to Coach of the Year. I'm gonna say who the runners up were for me. You have Billy Donovan, Taylor Jenkins, and Eric Spolosh. Spolostra, okay? Billy Donovan is the head coach for Oklahoma City Thunder. Taylor Jenkins is the head coach for the Memphis Grizzlies. And Eric Spolostra, if I'm saying his name wrong, I'm sorry, is the coach for the Miami Heat. But the coach that I picked for Coach of the Year is Nick Nurse of the Toronto Raptors. Listen. Listen. Toronto loses Kawhi Leonard. And they think it's all going downhill. Fred Van Vliet's been hurt a little bit. They're still second in the East. Nick Nurse has still got this team fighting for the one spot and for a championship again. Props off to Nick Nurse. Billy Donovan, great work with Oklahoma City. No one thought they were going to be this good. No one thought they were even going to make the playoffs. I'm, a, I'm an OKC fan because they're really close to me. And I did not believe they were going to make the playoffs. Taylor Jenkins of the Memphis Grizzlies. You thought the Grizzlies were going to take a step forward from last year, but to be in consideration of making the playoffs and possibly making the playoffs is great work by Jenkins. And then Eric Spolostra. Listen, we knew the Heat were going to make the playoffs. We knew the Heat were going to uh, be a big run for the money of making some uh, big runs in the playoffs, making some surprise runs. But they're fourth? (laughs) And they're making it work? I mean, Jimmy Butler... Tyler Hero stepping up. Kendrick Nunn. I mean, they're playing really well, and Eric Sploscha deserves a lot of credit for how good the team is playing. Now let's move on to Rookie of the Year. And like I said, this one was pretty easy. Just because they're taking out bubble play for this, so only the things that happened before the bubble. So the Rookie of the Year is Ja Morant. Let's be real. You could, you cannot tell me Zion Williams is Rookie of the Year because he missed so much bef- during the season. He can be in consideration, but he can't win it. Zion Williams can be considered. Kendrick Nunn and Tyler Hero. And I, I bet, I bet people are like, whoa, 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 whoa! You said Tyler Hero. As I said, yes, I said Tyler Hero. Tyler Hero is got a forty, almost a forty percent three point shooting. This dude is uh, lights up from the three. He can shoot the ball pure. Sure, his dribbling is not the best. His defense is off sometimes. But he can get to the basket, and he also can shoot. He is getting under 
underappreciated or over, I should say, overlooked because there's Jimmy Butler and Kendrick Nunn. Kendrick Nunn, also a rookie on that team. He is playing phenomenal for the Heat. So they've got two good rookies on their team that are really in contention to, should be in contention to win Rookie of the Year. Obviously, John Morant should win Rookie of the Year the way he's playing for the Grizzlies. Getting him into the, the playoff area where they have a chance to make the playoffs is phenomenal. So go him. I think he wins Rookie of the Year pretty easily. And then finally, let's go over who I think wins the NBA championship. And listen, I am not switching it up. I'm not going to say it. I'm not switching it up. Listen, the Clippers are winning the NBA championship. I've said it since the beginning of the season. I've said it when the season was suspended. I said it when the, I heard the bubble was going to start, and I'm saying it again. The Los Angeles Clippers will win the NBA championship, and they will beat the Milwaukee Bucks in six games. There you go. There it is. Clippers have too much firepower on that team. Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Montrez Harrell, Lou Williams. They have great starters and they have great supporting cast on the bench. It's a great all-around team plus Doc Rivers, dude. Doc Rivers, get him a a championship, man. So, yeah, the Clippers are winning. Moving on to MLB. And oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Listen, this this podcast, I was just going to make a really, I think, all around the NBA. And then, then MLB's like, here you go, Miami Marlins, coronavirus. <laughs> so, as of right now, the Miami Marlins have 19 people that traveled with them to Philly that have tested positive. 17 players and 2 coaches. They have suspended and postponed every game for the Miami Marlins through this weekend up till Sunday. The problem is, is the Miami Marlins keep getting a player tested positive each day. Yesterday, a player tested positive. Today, a player has tested positive. So, if it keeps going, they're going to be without a team, it seems like. And like people are saying, I think the MLB is like, yo, it's okay. It's the Miami Marlins. They weren't going to do anything anyway. So, we don't have to really worry about what's happening with them. If it was like the Yankees or the Dodgers, it would be a whole different story. But with the Marlins, hey, they're, 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 they weren't going to do much anyways. It's okay if they, they have to lose a couple games here and there because of the coronavirus. But now here comes the bigger issue. Today was reported that a coach and a clubhouse member for the Philadelphia Phillies has tested positive. That is correct. A Philadelphia Phillies coach and clubhouse member have tested positive for COVID. They have canceled, or I should say they have postponed, the Blue Jays versus Phillies series for right now. This could be huge, like huge for the MLB, because if players get it from the Phillies, then we're in some big problems, because then you've got so many dominoes falling, because the Phillies have been playing games against... I want to believe it's the Mets. And so then you're just like, it could get really bad for the MLB. And that's why I can't believe they didn't do a bubble. Or some kind of like secluded thing like the NBA does. Obviously, it's really hard for the MLB to do that because of so many teams and series and all that. 
But they had a, they should have figured something way better out than having them travel there and there. And now it's coming down to all this. And now you have Phillies play well not players, but Phillies staff coming down with COVID. It's not looking good for the MLB right now. In other baseball news, oh boy, did it get feisty the other night. The Houston Astros and the Los Angeles Dodgers met up for the first time since the whole cheating shenanigans went down. They met in Houston. And Joe Kelly, Joe Kelly, my man Joe Kelly, dude, he was not even on the Dodgers. He was not on the Dodgers when the cheating went down. He was on the Red Sox. But but the Yankees had did beat the Red Sox in that postseason to get to the World Series. Houston did. So Joe Kelly goes, yo. He brings them in. And I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this right here. He did not hit a player. He did not hit Bregman or he did not hit Carlos Correa. He was wild. 3-0 count on Bregman. He threw a fastball. He had no control of the fastball that night at all anyways. And it was above his head, behind his head. It was up high. If you're going to hit him, hit him in the, the glute. Hit him on the hip where there's enough meat. Don't go headhunting. And that's where I think a lot of people got it mis- misunderstood. Or like, not misunderstood, but were more upset was that he went headhunting and and he didn't take the shot there. They're okay. I think some people are okay if you you hit the Houston Astros. It's where you hit them and when you do it. A 3-0 count for the head is not the smart move. And I don't believe Kelly was trying to hit him in the head. He did not have control of the fastball, period. And then moving on to a couple batters later. he was uh, Carlos Correa was up to bat. He still had no control of anything but a curve. And he struck out Carlos Correa. And Joe Kelly mocks the dude. Like, Joe Kelly is walking off the mound and putting out a frowny face and like sticking his tongue out like he's a five-year-old and just giving Carlos Cray the most crap you can give him. And I thought it was the most funniest thing ever. Now, I'm just like laughing and all this as I'm watching it. And and then everyone's like, oh, well, I think he's going to get suspended. I'm like, well, you didn't hit him. I don't think he should be suspended. And then boom, the MLB goes, yeah, Joe Kelly, you're suspended eight games. Eight? Eight games? What? He didn't hit a single person, and he was just making fun of Carlos Correa. You didn't suspend a single Houston Astro player for cheating, but you'll suspend Joe Kelly eight games for not hitting a player, but throwing at the player. Alrighty. Makes sense, MLB. Makes sense. Great work. God. Dude. And then Joe Kelly. Oh, God. Joe Kelly goes to Instagram yesterday, man. He's like saying how the he's not sorry for anything, and it's a picture of him holding three kids, and the faces are Carlos Correa, George Springer, and Alex Bregman, bro. I I'm Joe Kelly right now. I need to go buy me a Joe Kelly jersey, dude. This dude is owning the Houston Astros. And the last bit of news in the MLB was it's very odd news, honestly. I'm gonna be real. It's very odd, very odd news. So, news broke. Justin Verlander was out for the year. He's going to have to have surgery on his forearm. He's having some discomfort. Then, like, three hours ago, three hours after the news broke, Justin Verlander takes to social media himself and says, Hold up, hold up, hold up. I am not out for the year. I have a forearm strain, 
and I will be getting it checked out, and we'll, we're going from there. So, as of now, Justin Verlander is not out for the year. They went to conclusions, and it was not the right conclusion for whoever posted saying Verlander was out for the year when he's not. So, But Verlander is out for quite a while, but not the season quite yet. So you're in luck, Houston fans, but he is out for some time. Now let's move on to the NFL. Yay, NFL. We're going to start with players opting out. and some. I mean, we're going to start with the Patriots because the Patriots have had six players say they're opting out. And three of them, I'm going to give the three big names. Linebacker Dante Hall, offensive tackle Marcus Cannon, and safety Patrick Chung have all said they're sitting out for the year. There's three other players that have told the Patriots they're sitting out for the year because of health reasons. Dante Hightower just had a newborn. He's wanting to keep his, obviously, family and friends safe, just like the others on this list as well. But he just had a newborn. Then you move to the Kansas City Chiefs. The Kansas City Chiefs, well, the first player actually to announce it for NFL at all was offensive tackle, I'm going to say his name wrong, Leonard, Der, oh my God, Duvernay Tardif, offensive tackle for the Chiefs. He said he was opting out because he wanted to stay up in Canada and help the hospitals because he is a doctor. He's going to help the hospitals during this time with COVID and all that. So respect to my man, Duvernay Tardif, for helping others in this time. I respect it a lot. And I think it's good that he's taken what really his career that he really wants to do after football and using it right now in a world that we need it. And the next player, he opted out yesterday, he told the team, and that's Damian Williams running back. Obviously, you know him because of his postseason miracles, or I should say plays, because that's when he shows up usually is during the playoffs. And I respect his decision. He has all the right to make that decision. But I do believe he could have just lost his job. Listen, I understand. I totally agree that you want to keep your family and friends safe. That is cool. You also got to put in the scenario of, hey, my job could be at risk if I do do this. Just saying. And with that, I mean, the Chiefs did just draft with the 32nd pick a running back in Clyde Edward Hilaire, who everyone is talking really high about. And now you just really opened the door for him to walk in as the starting running back. So... Still, props to Williams for making that hard decision to say, hey, I'm opting out to sit out to take care of uh, my family and my own self. But then again, you're just putting yourself at risk of losing your job. It's okay. You make your own decisions. Uh, Other note, other big names. Uh, Vikings defensive lineman Michael Pierce, Bears defensive tackle Eddie Goldman, and Giants offensive tackle Nate Soldier. All have also opted out of the season so far. So some big names have opted out. And I mean, I understand. you got to keep your family safe. You want to keep yourself safe. And you really don't know what the NFL is doing at this moment. So props to you guys. And then comes the NFL Top 100. And listen, listen. I know the NFL Top 100 means really much nothing. It's just players voting and all that. But man, the NFL Top 100 is a joke, bro. It is a joke. Listen. Top 10, the, the top 10 was released last night, and you're not going to believe this crap, man. I tell you. Patrick Mahomes was ranked number fourth. He was ranked the third best quarterback in the league. 
the third best quarterback in the league. Listen, he was ranked fourth last year. After winning MVP, four and for 5,000 yards and 50 touchdowns. Then, he goes on to win a Super Bowl, wins the Super Bowl MVP, and gets paid the highest contract in NFL history. And they go, you're still number four, my guy. <laughs> oh, and it gets better. Lamar's number one. Lamar Jackson got number one, and Russell Wilson got number two. Listen, I'll, I'll say this. I think of those three quarterbacks, it goes Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson. That's how I feel how it should go. It went Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes. So totally opposite of how I feel. That's okay. The players voted. Listen, Lamar won the MVP. Congrats to him. Has he won a playoff game? No. Sure, he doesn't have the supporting cast as Patrick Mahomes. Cool. I'm sorry your team doesn't give you enough supporting cast, Lamar. But, I mean, you've got to be kidding me that you believe Lamar Jackson is better than Patrick Mahomes. I believe if Patrick Mahomes was on the Ravens, he would be still doing big numbers as he is in Kansas City. And I believe if uh, Lamar Jackson was in Kansas City, he would have maybe a little better numbers, but he's not a throwing quarterback. He has not shown consistency in throwing the football. So I don't care if you give him two more, three more wide receivers and an extra better tight end. I don't think Lamar is still going to do much better in the passing because he's inconsistent when throwing the football. And he still has not proven to be a winner in the clutch moments. He cannot play from behind. Patrick Mahomes is 2-0 against Lamar Jackson. He also has only lost one playoff game. Patrick Mahomes has, and Lamar has lost two. Just saying that. Lamar is 0-2. Just saying, Patrick Mahomes has already won a Super Bowl and an MVP. But like I said, dude, it's going to be like the top 100. You'll forget about it in like a week or two. But I'll tell you, Patrick Mahomes took notes. He put the taking notes uh, emoji down uh, after the top 100 was released. So you gave him another chip on his shoulder to go play with. So that's your guys' fault, NFL players. And finally, let's move on to college football, mainly the ACC. Because the ACC announced their football resolution or how the football will look in the ACC. You get 11 games per team. So each team is getting 11 games. They're getting 10 conference games. 5 at home, 5 away. Beautiful work. And they get one non-conference game, but it has to be played at home by the ACC team. Or it has to be played inside the ACC team's state. So, say for... Virginia. We'll go with Virginia. If University of if the University of Virginia wants to play a non-conference game against Oregon, Oregon has to come to Virginia. But if Virginia wants to play like Richmond, which is in Virginia, they can go to Richmond to play them since it's inside Virginia. So that's how that works. If you were very confused. Notre Dame is in the division, or the conference, I should say, of the ACC. It will also be able to make it to the conference title game, conference championship game. And you're like, well, JT, uh, who's going to make the conference championship game? Well, it's the top two teams with the top two winning percentages. Not record, 
winning percentage. That is right. So the top two teams with the best winning percentage will make the championship conference game. So the ACC has made its voices heard. 11 games, 10 conference, 1 non-conference. The non-conference game has to be played at home or inside the state of the ACC team. Notre Dame is in the ACC this year. It will be very interesting to see how it works with the other games. Like the Navy game that they play. So I can't wait to watch. I already saw that Clemson goes to Notre Dame. That will be a fantastic game. Clemson at Notre Dame. I really cannot wait for that game. I do believe Trevor Lawrence will beat Notre Dame, but I still can't wait for that game. But the ACC has made its voices heard. It's the first conference really to come out and say how it's going to run its football schedule this year, and I like it. So, with that being said, it's time to bring the podcast to a close. But there are two final thoughts and sayings I have to give you. One. Next week, I'm shoot. My podcast will be out before Thursday. The reason being, I leave Thursday, early Thursday morning, to head to Colorado. I'm going on vacation. It's gonna be a thrill up in Colorado, going with uh, my cousin and my brother. Some uh, bonding time, you should say. Statement number two. Next week, we're having a special guest on. Ethan George will be on the podcast. Senior for Ray Pack, defensive end. It's going to be a good time. We're going to talk Ray Pack football, talk about what he's been doing during quarantine to keep himself ready for the football season and what he's expected for high school football this year. But until next time, my friends, I will talk to you all later. Peace.